All right, Tommy, you're the oldest. I'm counting on you. Come on. She's got eyes of the blue skies. Tom, it's Two Sins Podcast. We're coming at you la 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 this Monday morning. It is good to be back in the saddle again. I hope we all had a great Mother's Day this past Sunday. Graduation was on Saturday. A lot of who and a lot of ha. It was a good time. Good weekend, but we're back in the saddle. It's Gray Shirt Monday. You know what that means? That means we get after it. Work out today, run today, do some sort of activity today, a little Play 60 action. Make sure you sweat a lot. Send me the picture of you wearing your gray suit. It's all good to be. Thank you for joining us. However you may be listening, we appreciate you over here at Tommy's Two Cents Podcast. We've got a lot of things to unpack, but first, make sure you head on over to Rise and Grind Nutrition. Tell them that Tommy Two Cents sent you over there. Great people, better product, looking to get healthy for summer 19. Again, we've got a lot of stuff to unpack today. We've got the playoffs, lottery predictions for tomorrow night. We have playoff predictions. We have all sorts of things. The Tommy Two Cent Two Minute Rant on what I think is going to be a rigged lottery system tomorrow night. You can book that, take that to the bank. Also, bringing on my lovely mother for a little Mother's Day special episode. I'm excited. You're excited. Let's get right into it. Looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win! The baby dinosaurs finally advancing. Eastern Conference in my finals. You can thank LeBron James for not being in the East anymore. You know, you can thank Kawhi Leonard for just stopping by in Toronto and just saying what's up real quick. I'm going to be giving you kind of the what's next now. So we saw the Toronto 76, 76ers series. One of the worst series I've ever seen because, you know, Sixers didn't show up in two games. Toronto didn't show up in one. It was really ugly. Both teams kind of played at a slower pace. But Toronto had Kawhi Leonard, who a lot of people are now starting to you know, realize how great this guy is when healthy, and calling him kind of like the baby Jordan, which, you know, I never saw Jordan play, but I've seen Kawhi play, and this guy's unstoppable at both ends. You know, all-team defense, all-team offense. But the, 70, the 76ers dropped at Game 7. What does that exactly mean? I'll be telling you what's next for the 76ers. Yeah, the process is over. we got to give it up. Okay, I personally would like to trade Ben Simmons. I've heard in summers that, you know, he doesn't really work on his jump shot. But you know what? After sleeping on it, thinking about it, going both ways, you got to get rid of Embiid. you got to – and he's, a, he's the best center in the game when he's healthy. Okay? I, he's just such a physical freak. He put on so much muscle coming out of Kansas – from his uh, from his freshman year to his rookie year, and now he's but when he's healthy, he's playing well. But just in the system that they have, trade and beat, get some shooters, you know, don't overpay Tobias Harris, keep JJ and build around Ben, and hopefully Ben just figures out a jump shot. I think he's shooting with the wrong hand, but just you have to because when Ben Ben all he can play is ten feet on ten feet and in. So if you have Embiid sitting there in the post. Then you have, then it's too clogged up, and then it's easy to guard you guys. You can guard two guys with you know one player because you guys are so scrunched up. So that means, and then by Ben Simmons being able to only being able to drive and not being able to shoot, then that puts Joel Beat on the outside perimeter, and then he gets lazy, and then he hangs out there, and then all he does is shoot threes. Your only really consistent player is Jimmy Butler, and he's off and on, and he doesn't really get along with a lot of people who you know are younger than him or who don't like to be dogs out there. And I think eventually he'll be pissed at Ben Simmons. I see a relationship between Embiid 
and uh, Butler, but not so much because I bet Butler gets pissed because he came from, you know, not getting recruited that well to not being drafted and not being an all-star. And he's like, kind of like, you know, put in the work, Ben, put in the work. So I feel like, but just with how much Ben brings in terms of, you know, he could be a good good defender, even though he bailed out of that last play. He could be a good defender. He has a big-ass frame. And then he can pass the ball. He can dribble well. You know, his eyes, great vision and everything. He just cannot shoot the rock. So I feel like you got to get rid of Embiid. Too many injuries. You know, I wouldn't bet on a big man. You know, big men have a lot of problems with their knees to their feet. You got to get rid of that. And he's already showed that he, he can't play, you know, consistently. Like last this last game, seven game, was the most minutes he's ever played in terms of, you know, regulation. So that's interesting. So I'm saying Sixers, the process is over. Let's stop saying it. Get rid of Embiid. Build around Ben Simmons. And that means just shooters. And hope to God Ben Simmons figures out a jump shot. I'm not even talking about threes. I'm just talking about a little bit inside of the three-point line, consistent elbow jumper. Because right now it's not even close. And he just disappears because teams don't have to worry about him. So that means you put your focus and you kind of over overhedge on some things. It's just embarrassing, dude. It's, it's embarrassing how you don't develop a jump shot, you know, third year in the league. Even in high school to college, you didn't shoot. So it's like, dude, how much are you working on your jump shot? I begin to question that. Because I think if next year, because I don't think they will trade, uh, I think their coach will be fired. Um, but I don't think they will trade either of them. But if I had to put money on it, I would send them beat out and keep Simmons. But if they don't, I think next year is Ben Simmons' tryout year. I'm like, hey, man, if you can't make a jump shot, you're out of here. You're out of here. You have to be. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, progressing as a player. You know, we can find someone else that can give us, you know, consistent points, consistent jumper, and not as pass well as you, but shit, man, you're not. I mean, you're worthless on the offensive end if it's not, you know, underneath the rim. So that's whatever. Toronto, just bless your hearts that you guys are, you know, keeping Kawhi Leonard for another series and you guys get to watch him play because I just can't see, unless you guys win the finals, which is extremely, extremely unlikely and will never happen, especially this season. There's no reason for him to stay. You see what he's doing. You know, he has to – he shot 39 times, you know, and shooting that buzzer beater and everything else and put up 41 points. And he was shooting 57%, averaging like a little over 30 a game. Like, that's insane. And he was carrying, carrying the Raptors because Kyle Lowry just doesn't – just doesn't show up or just doesn't – he just walks into the gym on the playoffs. Like, he needs to start playing. Well, he played – he played some crucial defensive possessions here and there, but just offensively, he's just not doing it. And so Kawhi Leonard has put the team on his back. I don't think he wants to do that all the freaking time. So it's interesting. And now their next matchup, we'll talk about that here in a bit with the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's get to that Milwaukee Bucks and Celtics series that we saw 4-1, quickest, quickest round in terms of the semifinals here before the conference finals. But Boston, we all thought that they would get it together. We all thought that, you know, they're going to put everything – on the side, the team didn't get along. They talked about on the plane ride, this and that. Kyrie Irving not being part. They're better with Kyrie Irving off the floor than he is on, and they have a better winning percentage when he's not on the court. But we all know and believe that Kyrie Irving is one of the, you know, the top five point guards in the league, top ten player in the league, just because his clutch gene, the best handles in the game. And it just does Uncle Drew. So you know when that jersey's untucked, it's over. You can just pack your bags and go home. But with that all being said, he looked pretty out of it, and they did not. The chemistry was off that whole series, other than Game One, when the Bucks just you know mailed it in. But it's like the John. It was Giannis was making everyone else better on the outside. Like Giannis, you know Giannis. I mean, Giannis was putting up his points, all sorts of things, but he was also making other players. 
better, you know, Bledsoe, Middleton, even Pat Connaughton off the bench, Miritich, Brooke Lopez, you know, the list goes on. They were just deeper, but Giannis elevated everyone else's play while Kyrie Irving did not do that. You know, I saw a lot of plays, especially in game six, where he was just taking off. I mean, games, yeah, game six or five, I think it was five, game five, yeah, because it was 4-1. So game five, you know, Kyrie Irving was just dogging it on the defense end. I was just like, God, dude, that's just not going to be good in film. And I think he was checked out. I think he was checked out. This is no disrespect to Kyrie Irving, but he's out of there. And then if the Boston really wants to go all in and try to be, you know, try to compete again and try to try to get Anthony Davis, they're going to get up a lot of pieces. They're going to get up a Tatum, a Brown, or something like that. Like, So I don't know if it's worth it or they're just going to be like, hey, we got to the conference finals last year with, without Kyrie Irving, so let's just keep the same guys and let Kyrie toss. That could be also an option. I'm not really sure on that one, but Boston just looked awful you know a lot of people are maybe starting to question you know brad stevens and stuff you know i think he's a great coach i think you know his system his analytics he plays well they play defense well when they want to but they was just they didn't look like the team liked each other so they have a lot of shit to figure out and i think first things first is you know Kyrie irving getting out of there because everything he just kept hearing the whole season if he's going to stay if he's going to leave is he really committed this and that and now I think all the answers, I think everyone's assuming that he's going to be out. And, you know, Terry Rozier, you stunted his growth. You know, he was scary Terry this year, and then this playoffs, it was nothing. Because he couldn't get in rhythm, he didn't get enough minutes, et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on. So Kyrie Irving, it's interesting. Yeah, so Milwaukee advances, they play Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, now let's get to the best series, which was the Nuggets and the Blazers, two just teams that just give it their all, each and every player, not really the stars. You know, obviously they got the second-best backcourt over there in Portland, but, you know, the stars weren't all, especially with Denver. You know, they got Jokic and the Joker, and it's like, oh, my God, like that guy is a star. Jamal Murray finally is playing up to, you know, his level of expectation, you know, being this is his third year. He started playing well at the point guard. Gary Harris, they have a lot of just dogs on their team who compete hard on the offensive and defense end so they can get points from a lot of guys, especially with Jokic bringing it up, being able to dribble, you know, almost averaging a triple-double in this playoff. So Denver was fun to watch, but Portland, man, they when they figure it out, and I think a lot of people were scared when their center went down, I believe he's Jurkic, uh, went down. A lot of people were scared, but I was kind of leaning back, and I was like, well, probably an unpopular opinion, but um, Cantor and Collins, especially with Collins emerging in this playoffs, it's like you didn't really lose too much. Like it's not like Jurkic was averaging these crazy numbers, something that Cantor can't do in the amount of minutes given. And same with Collins. They're both providing. So a lot of people are I that's an unpopular opinion, I believe. I believe that they're like, oh, they face injuries and blah blah blah. It's like, well, you have two pretty good centers right right behind them. Like name another team that's three deep in centers. And especially Portland was playing big, and that's what they have the advantage going against Golden State. So they have a big team. And Collins ain't no bitch. That was one guy that I really liked. And he didn't play – he came off the bench on Gonzaga, gets drafted 10th overall from, I believe, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, his rookie year, he kind of was, you know, f- trying to find his rhythm. And then now he's just like the bouncer at the door. He's like, you know what, I'm going to play hard. You know, he put up like four or five blocks in Game 7. Like, it was insane. And, you know, what's also interesting. That's an unpopular opinion. What if the Blazers lost that game and that was Dame's last game? The only thing that is upsetting with me is that not many people were – I don't know who would have – called Dame out they're like oh you know Dame's got to play better like he didn't show up he choked you know but he started to facilitate started the rebound he started doing other things because he know it just wasn't his day just wasn't his day 
And he realized that, you know, he was three for 16. He had almost, you know, 10 points or something like that. Hit two big threes in the third quarter. I get that. But Dame's got to be able to play at a very, very high level each and every time, especially now playing Golden State. Because the Blazers can walk walk into a lot of arenas and they will have the best backcourt in the league. They have the best backcourt on that court. But when you walk into Golden State, you guys are now number two because those guys aren't no chumps and they're better than you guys, you know. They got the edge over you guys. You know, Clay Thompson can lock up either or. I think Andre Iguodala, especially with you saw how Craig did with the Nuggets against Dame. I, I believe they'll put Andre Iguodala on Dame because, you know, he kind of struggled with the amount of length and being able to cover so much ground. So it should be interesting because Dame is one of the hardest guys to guard. I'm glad Portland won. We really needed that, especially in the Northwest. It was cool seeing Denver and the Portland. You know, all we need is the Supersonics back. But... I'm glad the Blazers won. C.J. McCollum bust his ass, man, especially his post-game interview. We're going to hear that here in a second. Uh, honestly, I got enough motivation. I got out the mud. I went to Lehigh University. You know what I'm saying? No one's ever been drafted from there before. So for me, it's just about showing what I can do every night and keeping the door open for the next mid-major. It's hard not to root for the Blazers, especially some mid-major schools in Weber State and Lehigh as their backcourt. It's pretty hard not to root for the Blazers, some good guys. But now they go up against the Warriors. They do have a size advantage with Canner and Collins and maybe Leonard off the bench. But see, uh, Dame cannot go three for sixteen against them. They got to play just as just as well or just the same as Curry and Thompson each and every night. They can't have a bad night because in order for them to win, those two guys need to put up crazy amount of points. I'm saying almost close to thirty apiece. And then they got to have the role players and their bench players to step up and kind of add in. They got to have Curry off the bench at a couple threes. You got to have guys be on almost every other night to beat this team, especially as we'll see if Kevin Durant's healthy for game one and game two. I believe the game's on Tuesday night. Um, so that should be fun. And, you know, he's going back to Oakland. Dame's going back to Oakland. Hopefully he plays up to his level. He gets out of the little slump that he's been in. Or, I mean, he, he was in. He kind of had a good game six. But earlier in the series, he wasn't shooting as well as he did against the Thunder. So hopefully he comes in he's pissed off. When Dame's pissed off, that's some Dame time. You can't really, you know, you got to get out the way in that. But that's one of my favorite series. I'm glad the Blazers. I don't know if they'll pull it off because especially if Kevin Durant comes back late into the series, it's like who's going to guard him? Who's going to guard him? Good luck. You know, he's just, especially how Kevin was playing. And now Steph had a 33. Now that finger will get hopefully fixed by then. So who knows, especially Clay, silent killer. So that's our finals. we got the Warriors versus the Blazers and Milwaukee versus Toronto. I got Milwaukee beating Toronto. More uh, more players being able to score, especially Bledsoe will cancel with Lowry. Yeah, Middleton playing well. And then Giannis and Kawhi, that'll be the best matchup ever. I can't wait for that. I hope they guard each other. I don't know how Leonard will particularly match up with Giannis, but that should be fun. And then the Warriors-Blazers, best backcourts in the league, so that should be fun, high-scoring games. I got the Warriors winning, and I got Milwaukee winning. And, you know, Milwaukee played well against the Warriors in the regular season. But that's my what's next for these teams. And now we're getting right into the predictions for this offseason of basketball, which is going to be the best it's ever been. Hat down, cross town, living like a rock star. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings, and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a mom. 
Earlier in the episodes, Tyler Kelsch and I discussed uh, our predictions of where these future NBA stars will be going this offseason. That was in midseason. Now we're in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals, so stuff is becoming more clear. So Tomas is going to tell you where everyone's going to go with my psychic skills. And here we go. We got Kyrie Irving first up. I think all signs are a go. You know, losing to the Bucks 4-1 in the series. And then him shooting 30%, 19% for three in his last four games as the Celtics. The team was eroding right in front of our eyes. So that was interesting to see. So I think Kyrie Irving is full go. Vegas Oz, I think they had Brooklyn up there. It doesn't really make sense with Brooklyn because they played, their young players started playing up to their potential. DeLandro Russell, he has, he's also a free agent, so it'll be interesting. If they don't sign him, or are they going to just try to get Kyrie Irving and let him take over? I think this time in July, Kyrie Irving will be a New York Nick. And now we got Kimba Walker. And I think if I was LeBron James, and I don't, and I know the rumors are going with Kyrie and stuff, but if Kyrie goes back to LeBron, that's doesn't look good for Kyrie at all. So that should be very interesting. Keep your eye on it. I'm not counting Lakers out. But I think in terms of reputation, I don't think Kyrie wants to do that. Unless Kyrie realized, you know, he can't be the man somewhere and win a championship with no other star next to him. That could make sense. But Kimba Walker is someone who I think LeBron should go all in for. I think he should try to get Kimba. Kimba is a very, very good point guard who's very underrated. Who's in the top, top eight point guards in the league. And the point guards in the league are studded class. So it's not like that's a knock on him for being number eight or seven. But I think the Lakers should get Kemba. So I think Kemba, especially with these new coaching, he goes right into Jason Kidd, who's the assistant, which doesn't make sense. They just handled Vogel. And then maybe Lonzo Ball can come off the bench and add a little spurt because Kemba Walker is a hooper. So Kemba Walker, please go to the Lakers. Please try to savage that's, that whole franchise right now and help out LeBron. Then we got Jimmy Buckets. Okay. And Philly just didn't seem like he worked well. Some games he had really good. Some games it's like, Jimmy, is that really you? So I don't know if Jimmy actually likes that. I also like him with Kemba or going to go to the Lakers. I think the Lakers, that's their best bet. They're not going to get Kawhi and they're not going to get KD. So I don't know what else is left for them. I think you get a very good player in Kemba, a very good player in Jimmy, and let's just, let's just try our best, honestly. and try. To, I, don't, I think the Warriors with Kevin Durant leaving, that's up next. I think with him leaving... Gives you a decent shot because, you know, Kemba and Jimmy aren't no, you know, they're not just nobodies out there, especially with LeBron, you know, taking this offseason now, having a full time to recover, get healthy, back in shape. I think we should see a very good LeBron James by the time next season rolls around, especially if they get Kemba and Jimmy Buckets. Okay, now we got Kawhi. I know, I know Toronto, you really want him. You really want him to stay. You think by him hitting this little clutch shot is going to change the world. No, 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 no. Pump the brakes. That ain't going to happen, especially. He has a house in California. He's from California. He doesn't want to team up with LeBron. He wants to be his own man. And there's some dogs out there in L.A. I'm not talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about the Clippers. I think Kawhi is all full go to the Clippers. And he's going to try to pair up with someone. I don't know exactly who they're going to try to get to pair up with them. It would be weird if KD went to the Clippers and then you have KD and Kawhi. That would be the toughest team to be in the league by far. But lastly, we have Kevin Durant. Like I said earlier on episodes, he once ruined the league by being a cupcake and going over to uh, to the Golden State Warriors, who just won a championship or just lost a championship, won one before, and then they recruit KD and he leaves OKC. Hated that move, ruined the league because now we just wait till what June or something when the NBA Finals just for the Warriors to win, so that we can now talk about the NBA and hopefully another team can you know construct itself 
that they can beat the Warriors. Um, so, Katie, you saved the league. You can end the Rocket. You can help the Rockets now try to go into the finals because if Katie stays with the Warriors, the Rockets' window is gone. Okay, and that means the Rockets got to get rid of Chris. They got to get rid of Capella. Two massive contracts. The players have, I mean, Capella really wanted the Warriors. Didn't do jack shit in the series. Chris Paul is aging. It's better to get rid of someone two years too early than two years too late. But his contract is going to be hard to get off. And I say you just keep building shooters around. D'Antonio is on the hot seat, their head coach. So it should be interesting there with the Rockets. And they heavily depending on whatever KD does. I Hopefully KD goes to New York, teams up with Kyrie. And they take over, and they take over the East, and he wins one by being the best player on his team. Because even though Kevin Durant's won back-to-back Finals MVPs, you know, been the best player on the in the NBA in this last, especially this last postseason, he's starting to prove it. Especially with LeBron being out of the postseason, uh, should be very interesting to see where he goes. But I think he needs to go to the Knicks, get the monkey off his back, and say, "Hey, I can be the best player." Because everyone's like, "Well, Steph's pretty, you know, Steph's pretty good." Especially in Game Six when the Warriors come out without KD and they do what they do. So they can still win without KD, and it's, it's still Steph's team. And I think KD hears that in his very thin skin. So I feel like he's going to go to New York. So New York has now Kyrie, KD, a potential top one pick. And then the Lakers get Kemba and Jimmy. And then Anthony Davis, yeah, if the Lakers still want to give up Lonzo, which makes sense, you give up Lonzo, you give up Ingram. Ingram has a shoulder injury, a little blood clot thing. It's hard to get rid of. Then you have Kuzma. You try to get him, and now you have AD, Kemba, Jimmy and LeBron, maybe we can work some things out. I don't know. But those are my predictions for this offseason, especially with the Eastern and Western Conference Finals coming up. And now we're going to be talking lottery predictions. NBA lottery selections is tomorrow night, Tuesday night. You got the Phoenix Suns, you got New York, and you have the Chicago Bulls at 4 and then the third team, I believe, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland, the Suns, and the uh, New York Knicks have a 14% chance of winning the lottery of the number one overall pick, while Chicago's at 12.5, right behind them. And then the Lakers are at 2%. I'm going to tell you to keep your eye on three teams, and there's stories behind each and every one of them. New York, as we were saying, if Kyrie and KD go to New York, they would much likely go to New York knowing that the New York Knicks have the number one overall pick, and they'll pick Zion Williams, Zion, Kyrie, and KD. Yeah, seeing the finals. Don't worry about it, okay? And then we push it over. We got the Chicago Bulls, okay? You know, they haven't really been relevant since D. Rose, and they were only relevant when he was the MVP. Other than that, no, 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 no. Guess who's all Hall of Famer, the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Guess who's going to maybe fill the shoes, and we can now talk about comparisons and all that good stuff. Zion Williams to Chicago. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? The league needs it. The league needs New York or Chicago in the East. And then the conspiracy where it starts us off, and we'll go all into it, especially with the two-minute rant here coming up, is the Lakers sitting at 2%. No way they should win, right? I don't know. Keep an eye on it. We got Tommy Tucson, two-minute rant. Confetti, Kaleo's license, dicey, reggae's running with machete. Too much Tomas, filler, filler, filler. This is the Tommy Tucson, two-minute rant. You know the deal. You know the drill. Not a minute, not a second over. Let's get right into it. Okay, 1985. Let's take a trip back. Okay, Patrick Ewing draft. Okay, the New York Knicks weren't supposed to win the old lottery. David Stern had it in on it. The old conspiracy. Look it up on YouTube. The 1985 NBA draft. Patrick Ewing goes to the Knicks. 
Okay, uh, what did they do? They folded little cards when they, you know, all the cards are bouncing around. They knew that the, the card that said the New York Knicks was a little bent. Check it out. I'm just saying, put your nose on the ground. What does the NBA need? The Lakers or the Knicks? The Lakers have a 2% chance. Whoever been comparing Zion to for his whole college career, that little short little thing uh, over at Duke, you know, those little short little four months that we saw Zion play? Yeah, everyone's been comparing him to uh, LeBron James. Guess who plays for the Lakers? Yeah, Lakers have a 2% chance of winning that. I don't know, guys. I'm putting my nose to it. I'm sniffing around. I'm just saying. Also, I'm going to tell you two predictions. There's only two teams that are going to win that number one overall pick. We've got the LA Lakers. We've got the New York Knicks. NBA needs the Knicks good right now. And no better end if the Zion goes to the Garden. Okay? But don't count out the Lakers. 2%. Like I said, not likely. Shouldn't happen. But Zion and LeBron, the NBA, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but I'm just trying to stir the pot a little bit and just say that I laid the groundwork, keep an eye on it, and that's a Tommy Two Cent Two Minute Rant, and welcome to all my lovely mother. Now, welcome in on my beautiful mother. Just got done celebrating Mother's Day. Shout out to all you moms out there holding it down for the families. You guys signed up for another full-time job by just having kids. You guys do so much. So one day isn't sufficient enough. My mom's in studio today. Tracy, not looking at day over 22. How are we doing today? Great. And thanks so much for having me on your podcast. That's the best Mother's Day gift I've ever had. <laughs> she, she's trying to act like this is some interview, really trying to go with the script here, so it should be fun. Again, thank you for listening. However you guys may be listening, we appreciate you over here at Tommy Two Cent Podcast. We brought my mom on today to kind of talk about the reasoning behind her three favorite athletes, and it's going to be funny once you guys hear who they are. So let's go with the first one. You want to rattle that one off? Well, first of all, I would like to wish everybody that had a mother that they had a happy Mother's Day. For those that didn't have a mother, I hope that obviously uh, you, you were able to uh, get through the day. Um, I also like to shout out to the graduates of 2019. That is a huge and remarkable accomplishment for all graduated and those parents that help you uh, through the uh, through those last four, five, or six years. <laughs> At least you finished, and that's what's important. No, uh, appreciate it. Like we said, shout out to all the moms out there. We love y'all, oh, especially over here at Tommy's Two Cents Podcast. As you can tell, my mom looks like she's reading a book right now. I know you guys can't see us in studio, but she's sticking to the script, acting real professional here because that's what we are. We are professional journalism here. But yeah, so it starts off with your three favorite athletes and why you chose them, I guess, or why are they your people? Well, I know that several of my family members will think I'm a front runner. Perhaps I am, but there are reasons. Uh, that I obviously have picked these three, uh, LeBron James uh, in the basketball <laughs> category, Tom Brady in the football category, and Novak Djokovic in tennis. So why, so why LeBron James? Well, stats, for instance, and um, you know, he is the highest scoring NBA player by total career playoff points. He scored over 6,900 points. Um, he obviously is very disciplined. He has a great understanding of the business and the importance of his family. Um, and, you know, he is a team within the team. People that surround themselves by uh, great players or can make bring players up, that's what's important. And I think, um, I think he does a lot for his community, and he hasn't, he hasn't uh, uh, forgotten about 
how he got where he was. No, I, I totally agree. I like how you said all that stuff because he is just as good off the court than he is on the court, you know, doing his whole I promise school and he's not forgetting where he came from like you touched on earlier. And I think LeBron James, once he retires and he comes out with all these, you know, documentaries on it, we have a Jordan documentary coming out here in a bit. And then with his documentary, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of teammate he is because, you know, a lot of people are a little more quiet when talking about LeBron because they know LeBron, you know, has a lot of say in the league. So they kind of hide their P's and Q's. So it should be interesting once he's out of the league what people have to say about him. Okay, now we got next, we got Tom Brady, who is the GOAT. I think he has, you know, I think that name's pretty solid with him, being that he's, I believe, a six-time Super Bowl champion for the New England Patriots, but why? Well, uh, of course, it's really hard to to um, say anything bad about Tom Brady uh, on or off the field, but he is one of the third among the NFL passing touchdown leaders. He's had over 518 uh, touchdowns, I believe. Uh, again, it's important on, uh, about how he presents himself on and off the field. And he, you know, I think he may be portrayed as uh, someone who um, maybe maybe is too pretty or... Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, he is 41 years old and he doesn't look, he looks younger than Russell Wilson does with him looking all scruffy and stuff. I think uh, Giselle's helping him out with that whole uh, face in terms of like the face lotions and whatever he's using, because he's glowing at well, 41 years old. <laughs> he just has great genes, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. But Tom Brady is her favorite football player, which is considered the greatest of all time. And then a lot of people make the arguments for LeBron James to be the greatest of all time. So I can see why family members and the people who will be listening to this can maybe tell or can assume that you're a front runner. What do you have to say to those haters, I guess? Well, and that's just the, the two. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think that they, in my lifetime, I think that they certainly have surpassed any of those before. You know, people will talk about Michael Jordan. Um, people might uh, put, oh, the quarterback for, um, which I... The Elway or Montana or something no, like that? No, no, no. It was the Green Bay Packers, and he was awesome. Favre? Yeah. I okay. mean, I, you've I seen liked some, him. You've seen some quarterbacks, that's for sure. Well, I'm not that good for <laughs> no, but you. However, what, what has changed from their time to this time uh, with the athletes is they are paying a heck of a lot more attention to their body. Um, they uh, certainly have a different uh, nutritional routine exercise routine and life balance. I think that makes a huge difference um, for uh, these folks or these gentlemen I've spoke of uh, than the ones that have come before. No, for sure. I think and I think even going further than that, a lot of athletes are now taking advantage of their name and their brand and uh, you know doing you know things off the court like LeBron's doing like he made a music album with uh, 2 Chainz, he made some movies, Kobe won the Grammys, you know, for the best, you know, short story and you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, acting for a lot of these guys, getting into the tech business, shoe game, you know, you name it, they're really capitalizing over their names, which people in the past, athletes didn't really have the opportunity to. Okay, now next up, we got the third one, and it's Novak, who's a tennis player. Yep, Novak Djokovic. Now, of course, I would, I have always been an Andre Agassi fan, um, and I think uh, why I like Novak is because he is obviously uh, undeniably uh, consistent, and I think that uh, shows in his game. Um, he's awfully, uh, he's 
he's learned a little bit about life and work balance, which has been important. And, you know, he has a total number of wins in the open era over 853. And, and that is, that's remarkable. And again, he's 31 years old. He has a family. Um, now Fed, obviously Fed is the goat, but as far as what I think, again, in my lifetime, it'll be hard um, to really um, not, to, to deny Novak uh, where I think he will be. And uh, he's still he's still going. And again, we're looking at a, a, a sport that normally you, you are not into your 30s. Uh, and now more and more players are into their 30s and these young next gens are, are having to beat them. So. Yeah, I, um, I agree on that. Uh, just in my lifetime, in 22 short years, I have seen things that, you know, like a lot of people consider LeBron James, uh, the goat, you know, and I don't think he is, but I can say that I witnessed him play 16 years. And then I, I can say that I witnessed, you know, Tom Brady win a decent amount of Super Bowls. You know, I can see that I've seen these players play. So when we grow old, you know, we get into our 50s and 60s, we can now talk about how people are talked about now. Like we can talk about how LeBron James was so good and no one and that generation will understand. It's the same with tennis. Because a lot of people, um, these young guns, are having you know trouble beating these older guys with the Rafa, the Fed, and then now Joke. Uh, these guys are hanging around and still playing excellent games, so it kind of it's more difficult for them to kind of reach their peak in a sense because these guys are still at the top, remaining the best. So your three favorite athletes: we got LeBron, Tom, and Joke. I can see where the front runner comes from. <laughs> well. Um... Yeah, uh, but, you know, I don't care. Uh, I think, you know, again, we're, we're looking at what's going to happen in the next gen uh, generation of athletes. You know, perhaps, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes will, will be the one that's going to be the front runner at some yeah. point. Um, he's young. He's quick. He's, uh, he's exciting to watch. Uh, he's a good guy. And if he can keep his mind in business, uh, you know, again, part of this is how they run themselves or their business off the court. And, yeah. or off the field and who they are off the field will make them a better star yeah. well, that more, will definitely be more fans of gravity the longevity will be there 100% and um, you play tennis now we could talk about your athletic career here as in you know you're <laughs> you know an avid tennis fan what made you get into tennis well um, that is because I met a gentleman <laughs> who was a tennis player it was Javier and which I didn't want to be a uh, tennis widow, so I picked up the sport, um, and it was something of a social uh, event or activity. And now I still see it as a social activity, but it's it's fun, um, and it's a lifelong sport that certainly we all could could play into our older years. And and as you know, we've played a lot of tennis as a family and as extended family, and had some great uh, great. Uh, games. Remember in Puerto Vallarta where we mm -hmm. played uh, all night long and poor Savannah and Andres and yourself and, and Kai. I mean, over and over. That's yeah. exactly. Family trips are always uh, filled with tennis. So, you know, this is a special episode due to its Mother's Day. You know, shout out again to all those moms because, you know, you signed up to be uh, for another full-time job. I mean, the cleaning, the cooking, you know, the emotional needs, the physical needs, everything of how much moms do. You know, it's pretty hard not to, you know, I mean, it's pretty hard to try to find a gift, especially for this day. So especially, can you tell me how in the hell you can come up with something to kind of repay your mother for just one day? 
Because you're going to get a lot of those people who are like, oh, you should love your mother every day. Well, it's like, come on, dude. We have, obviously, but we have this specific day. So what is a ideal gift? Like, what's a gift that we shouldn't give you? Maybe a gift that we should give you? Well, I I really think when you give them the, the love um, and respect of, of maybe uh, coming home and and doing something for your mother is probably greater than buying her flowers. Um, what's what's a gift that you wouldn't like then? Probably flowers. <laughs> Although I did get flowers, they were hanging flowers, and I love them. But you know, I think unfortunately, when you get older, you don't realize what your what your mother or even father have provided you, and those are life's lessons. I don't. I just think that's just part of life. You you learn a little bit more about your parents as you get older and you're probably more appreciative. So hundred percent, but I, but I have been reminiscing over (laughs) some of the cards that uh, you and your brother gave me for mother's day. And, and I like the one where you both said you're going to sleep with me and kick dad out of the bed. So I thought that was, no, I mean, uh, that's what's always the hardest thing is trying to come up with this gift for your mom and stuff. So what would you say, you know, kind of sign us off here. What would you say is the best part about being a mom? (laughs) Well, um, I think it's the joy that you get when you see that they succeed in whatever that they do. I think that's the, the greatest compliment. It's the greatest accomplishment that I have is to see both my children excel and have passion, whether it's, um, their job or whether it's through their their own children um, that's the greatest thing yeah and of course being on this podcast could be <laughs> nothing better than that nothing better than coming on yeah, I, do, I do want to make sure that the mothers that you called out I've known some of these mothers since kindergarten mm-hmm. and I want to give them a special call out yeah no and shout I, out again shout out to all the moms out there we appreciate you coming on today for this uh, amount of time and doing this we got a lot of love for the ma. we got a lot of love uh i'm blessed to have the parents i do especially the mom you know all moms are superheroes in their own ways and the amount of stuff that they do um and you've for sure been a good mom to me so i appreciate it and this is episode 21 wrapping up here like we said it's gray shirt monday so make sure you send the pics work out hard today do that little play 60 action we'll be back next monday Let's have a fun week of watching the playoffs, lottery predictions. Keep your eye out. Keep your nose on the ground. Let's have a good week. This is Tommy Two Cents signing off.